Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I'm Justin Strange here with my lovely co-hosts Zach Briggs and Jake Kramer. Say hello, guys. Hey, hey. Yo, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a good one. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about the Batman, which we have all three seen. So I'm going to go ahead and say this now. Spoiler alert. Because we are not going to hold back. Because oh my god! So if you haven't seen it, watch, listen to a different episode or something. Yeah, pause this episode right (laughs) now and come back when you have seen the movie. All right, let's get to the the meat of this podcast. So the Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Colin Farrell, the guy from Transformers, Sector Seven guy. I always (laughs) I always forget his name. Uh, Something Turturro is that his name? He's also in a really great movie, if you guys have never seen it, called Barton Fink. That's a Coen Brothers movie. Um, and then, who else in that movie? Oh, Paul Dano. Uh, Paul Dano and um, what's his face? Gollum. Andy Serkis. Andy, Andy Serkis, thank you. Everything's red on the IMDb page. That's kind of neat. Some of the font is red on here. That's cool. Um, I thought Andy Serkis did an awesome job, because, you know, we don't get to see him in a lot of dramatic stuff. There's always some like, well, that's not true. I'm stupid. He's he's freaking Gollum, but Gollum's kind of yeah. He's Gollum's kind of like a like insane, you know. Yeah, it's nice to see Andy Serkis in a role that's not a motion capture role. Well, you know, he was he played uh, what's that one character on uh, Black Panther and in uh, Age of Ultron? Was it something Stain? No, it no no maybe. Hang on, I'm looking it up. Uh, no. Clow, Clo, Clue, Ulysses Clow. He was the guy with the robot arm that could Clow. open up and stuff. But like with him, oh, he's I, was out- thinking of, I was thinking of Obadiah Stain. Yeah, that's what I was like. Obadiah Stain, I, I think, is from, yeah, well, not, I think he's from the original Iron Man. Um, but yeah, he plays a lot of motion capture. Of course, he got his big start, or we kind of get recognized as Gollum. And then he plays Caesar, I think, on. Yeah, he plays Caesar on Planet of the Apes movies. That's kind of dramatic, but of course it's motion capture. And then we saw him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's kind of a kind of a goof goofball, right? I mean, he's 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 very jokey. He's an eccentric. Folk. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's a great word for it, eccentric. Um, and then this this one, he's just like he's like a person. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's a human being. In this he's film. a human being. So I thought he did great. I wish there was more of him, honestly. He had yeah. such a small role compared to the rest of the. I was thinking the same movie. thing. I was like, man, why, why isn't Andy Serkis in here? More? And also, let's talk about the the trailers for a minute. They did a really good job misleading the audience because I was fully invested in whatever B plot Batman had with Alfred, saying like, "You lied to me." I thought that was going to be a whole. I was like, mm-hmm. "Is is Alfred a minor villain? Is he a B like?" a B villain to this is he gonna backstab bruce wayne at some point i was completely invested in whatever the trailers had set up then it didn't even happen it didn't even happen which was fine i think the role that he played was wonderful and i think it was very well done and and was good for the film that it was right um but i just wish there was a little bit more of him yeah i agree i agree i thought his role for a three-hour movie was kind of small yeah for a year or two batman i think it's kind of appropriate uh, because you know Alfred still maybe he hasn't been able to you know realize exactly what Bruce Wayne is all about 
Uh, he's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to kind of separate Bruce Wayne from the Batman as is apparent throughout the entire movie, I think. Uh, so he's, I feel like he's kind of intentionally being standoffish, not trying to get too involved, but also trying to be somewhat helpful and uh, kind of a father figure in a way uh, for Bruce Wayne. But yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we'll see more aggressive uh, involvement from, from Alfred and Justin has returned for the listeners that. Yeah, sorry, I had to move up. I had to move out for just a second. I had to get another drink. Yeah, I was, I was I think just they saying. Did a good job, especially considering this is year two. You know, you mentioned he, he was kind of standoffish. <laughs> I think that's a very good, you know, that's a very good catch because this is only like the second year that Batman is Batman and they're both figuring out their roles. And he probably thinks Bruce is like a little off his rocker, which he is. Oh, yeah. And they're still like figuring out that dynamic. The movie did a very good job of thinking about the universe that it's in and the time that it's supposed to be uh, like set in and actually like affecting it and actually using that to affect the character's motivations because we're all used we're all used to alfred being just batman's right hand man the guy that he can count on religiously reliably and um and he kind of couldn't you almost had this air of like batman doesn't yet trust alfred he relies on him he has to rely on him because he can't do this alone but he doesn't trust him yet. Maybe it's the other way around. He doesn't, he trusts him, but he doesn't necessarily rely on him too much. Why do you say that? Because I think that Bruce Wayne trusts Alfred just fine. I mean, I guess if you're just specifically saying trusts him with this mission of the Batman, then yeah. Maybe I mean, that's, that's what I mean. Not him yeah. as a person. Him yeah, okay. he doesn't trust him to fill the role that Batman of this, needs. Of the guy in the chair? As a... Yeah. Because we saw Alfred being actively involved in unraveling one of those riddles. Uh, yeah. With all, all the numbers, and then they go to the, the Batcave. And oh, yeah. The the numbers move around, and there's the message decoded. He did the Wordle. Yeah, the Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that was like his biggest world's, contribution world's to the hardest the, Wordle. I think Lame. that was his biggest contribution to the entire like detective aspect of this movie. But I, I was kind of sad to see um, his role uh, kind of cut short when in the hospital bed. But I like that very emotional scene between Alfred and and Bruce. Uh, I think that was a, a great way to kind of end. Their relationship, at least in in that movie. That was no, speaking one. of screen time, Bruce Wayne doesn't even show up for the majority of the film. That was, I'm pretty sure that was on purpose, right? I don't, I'm okay with that. I don't care about Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I'd rather see. Batman. I just thought it was. <laughs> I was just pointing out because I thought that was a very interesting take because yeah, we're oh, used yeah. to seeing a popular culture this play between Bruce Batman Wayne. with his persona of Bruce Wayne and hiding his identity where in this movie they didn't care about that at all it was just full-on batman he's only bruce wayne when he absolutely had to be and it was almost like an afterthought and and that was through the lens of the character yeah for the i mean it was a surprise for a a lot of people in public when they the funeral scene hey it's bruce wayne it was like his maybe one of his first appearances in a while uh, this billionaire but he still doesn't come across as that lavish uh, maybe arrogant playboyish playboyish yeah that's the playboy billionaire that we mm-hmm. i guess a lot of people know like no christian bale's bruce wayne <laughs> but I, th- I think you know you're you're too i mean he's, he's still trying to figure himself out i think a lot of the criticisms of robert pattinson's bruce wayne as being you know quote-unquote emo and too serious i mean that, maybe they don't understand that you know bruce wayne bruce wayne is always in this mentality mental state of batman i think yeah 
it's hard to decipher the two and he can't feel like he <laughs> can do anything but the work of Batman. It's not a phase, Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it might be a little bit boring if we just saw a lot of Bruce Wayne scenes of him just moping around uh, yeah, in, sad. In, the, in the mansion, or which is interestingly uh, in the middle of Gotham City. Uh, that's it, it's not Wayne Manor, is it? Yeah. I don't think where is he it? where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, but that, I'm some. used to the Wayne Manors being out in the countryside. Of, out in yeah. the countryside. So I, I kind of like how this rich and kind of somewhat elegant and gothic um, home of. The Waynes is in the midst of this trashy city yeah, surrounded by how, crime. How, how the house is always, no matter what, Batman, it's always crazy huge. It's like living in an actual castle. I'm like, dude, like I get you're rich, but like you can downsize a little bit. <laughs> Your house is not being any bad because it's just you and Alfred in there. You know, you don't have it's not an airbnb it's not a hotel i mean i know that they used part of the wing for the boys home right or the was it a boys home or was it just an orphanage i think, I think it was an orphanage, orphanage wasn't it okay yeah yeah but what do you think about the woman that was kind of like a also not like a butler but she was like an the, assistant of some she sort was like a, well she was probably like a maid maid what did you yeah. she was kind of an, maybe it was the acting or i thought she came came across as kind of like suspicious uh, um, some, something about her she kind of caught me off guard because like she came in and i was like what the heck like why is there another person of help in, in there like it's always just been alfred you're not used to alfred having you know his own staff yeah which I, I mean i guess it makes sense i think it makes know, for, sense for alfred though. yeah it does make sense because you never see it it's always it's always just bruce and alfred you know but then you see you know oh wait alfred has his own staff that's kind of hey, you, you think alfred scuttlebutts around getting all the grapes and the blueberries and stuff i mean in every in every piece of batman whatever i've watched it's always just bruce and alfred like even alfred like whipping up a cake in the kitchen just feverishly yeah (laughs) cookies well he can he like even in uh even in beware the batman the show i was telling you guys about it was always bruce or not bruce alfred was always you know making like making dinner for him and getting him drinks and all this stuff like i think alfred is like it's like jeffrey if you know who jeffrey is either one no. of you know who jeffrey is he's the no, butler on awesome. fresh prince of bel-air oh like oh. he can yeah i mean he if can. you just throw out yeah if you well, if you're if you correlated with the TV show, yeah. If you just well, like George, I don't know. George of the Jungle. Boy. Well, you should know if you know popular culture. Jeffrey, though, was the butler in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and he could do everything. So that's kind of how I imagine Alfred. Even though Alfred is always like this man with the military background, he's always he like I think in Gotham, if I remember correctly, Alfred knew the Waynes, and I think that's how like he knew the Waynes, and that's why he started working for the Waynes, and I think that's how it's kind of been portrayed in a yes. lot of the Batman stuff, right? He's always known them, so he maybe he taught himself this kind of stuff just to so he can do the job and be still be around the Waynes. It sounds like from one of the scenes in the Batman that Alfred, to a degree, taught how taught Bruce how to fight um, yeah. some type of martial arts which is yeah. i don't know in previous iterations of batman or even the comics uh, if he's been like that involved in yeah Bruce how to fight which is kind of mm-hmm. cool but the show called pennyworth which is i forgot which network he, he, he's like a intelligence oh, he, level spy yeah. agency in the uk so he's like, oh, an yeah. ex he knows military trade well that's how he is in yeah. gotham in gotham he was ex-military and now he works yeah. for the waynes and he can fight and all that. i think Alfred's always been able to fight, you know? I think that's yeah. just how they've always portrayed him. Can um, you imagine a Michael Caine well, teaching? I, I was just going to say, <laughs> well, they, I, I almost what? said no. that's how they always portrayed him. But then I thought, of, you know, the 
the Alfred and all the older back, like in a, he was pretty old in the Michael Keaton ones. Right. And then yeah. even in the Val Kilmer and I don't remember him in the George Clooney one. But. It was the same Alfred across all from, throughout. From okay. That's what Alfred. I thought. Yeah. 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 So he's just like super old. So there's no way, I don't know. He might've taught Bruce how to do stuff when he was younger, maybe because all those Batman are like, you know, older. Imagine um, being such a good Alfred that you, you make it through three reboots. <laughs> 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 got that guy's name but he's when i think of alfred live action that's who i think of kind I of i forgot about michael kane to be honest kind of balance with you really yeah like he, had, kane, he, he was uh, he just hit every piece of dialogue he had kind of came across as like this memorable quote well yeah i i, I did like him as alfred yeah. i just forgot yeah. him as alfred so anyway sorry we could go back to the batman's what, what did you guys like about the the tone and cinematography of the movie i Go ahead, Jake. You go first. My only complaint, I well, I loved it. I loved the tone of the film. I loved how long and drawn out they were and how steady they were and dedicated they were to staying on shots. Um, but my one complaint from the film comes from early on, particularly when it was downpouring. And I felt like the first third of the movie was impossible to see. They were shooting through so much rain and dirty glass and all and people's goggles and things like that. I felt like I was, it was almost claustrophobic. I couldn't see what was going on. And I was in an IMAX theater. I was looking at like a, a 50 foot screen and I couldn't tell what I was looking at. I don't know, I like but it, that rain. got better on as the movie progressed. I, I enjoyed the the rain, but I do agree that it seemed like it first part of the movie, it just rained. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way, even in Gotham, that it rains all like this. It's just raining and raining. But I do like, you know, because Batman is always doing stuff at night. And I thought they they nailed it with the night aesthetic as far as cinematography and stuff goes. I thought it was great. Do you like the yeah, design I mean, of Gotham? I mean, we, I, we there's so many different versions of Gotham in live action. And I don't think we really got much of a skyline shot. Not that I remember. Maybe a couple during like the early morning hours. with especially There was, the there was a Batman skyline shot at the graphics. very end. It just looked like a... Looked like a New York, Chicago. Yeah, but I like. I kind of like. I kind of like the what, one shot early on in the film when Batman or, or Bruce Wayne's monologues going on. Uh, the kind of the Times Square, Gotham. I think maybe they call it Gotham Square. Uh, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of New York with yeah, all the it was, logos and all that. It was filmed in New York and Chicago, so they definitely melded those two environments. I know particularly early on the. Mm-hmm. The train scene with the thugs, that was Chicago. A lot of the earlier uh, portions where it was go. more gritty and dirty was was like filmed in Chicago. They filmed a great portion of the movie too in Glasgow in Scotland. Um, and that's also where they're filming, uh, wrapping up filming Batgirl, which is hmm. totally different universe. It'll but, be interesting yeah, I, to see how they use the same environment differently. They yeah. could have used the Tim Burton Gotham. We'll see. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I think the cinematography of the movie was great. I, for the, the chase or the, the car chase scene between Batman and yes. Penguin. I think that was excellent. I mean, just cr- oh, making yeah. this I mean, this sports car essentially shoot it in such a way that it's kind of horrifying. And you could see on Penguin's face that he's like, <laughs> and, and he, he, I don't know. That's probably not how his face was exactly for the listeners. But you can't see. It. But uh, just the, the sound of the, the Batmobile revving up and Dude. the engine, it was just, Dude, that was probably that, one of the highlights. That introduction to the Batmobile was awesome. The, probably was one, one of the my best. Favorite, favorite my, parts of the whole movie was that. I was going to say, my favorite shot of the entire film was the chase scene at the very end when he's walking out of his car with the flames behind it and the, the camera is upside down. I think yeah. I literally gasped. The, in my theater, everybody, the screensaver. everybody uh, cheered in that moment. 
when he came out. It was like I literally, I literally, I was holding my wife's hand and I literally like threw her hand aside. <laughs> I was holding my wife to, to bring my hands up to my face because What's I was your... so like amazed at the image that I saw. Whoever, shot yeah, it was lovely. That frame is just incredible. The master. Yeah, the, the music happening, like there's the oh, theme that the happens. Yeah. Oh, that's a that, thing. But I th- what do you think of the suit? I know we obviously we've known about this what the suit looks like since like the trailers and all that, but we get obviously a full fledged look. Uh, I think yeah. it's pretty tactical. It reminds me. I was going to say that too. Yeah, it it yeah. makes me think of Arkham, like the Arkham games. Yeah, kind of what it reminds me of, minus the whole emblem coming off as a, like a giant blade. That kind of to me that was kind of weird. Like I was like when he put it back in, I was like, what the heck? Like, like that thing was a knife the whole time. Oh, did, like, did you oh. know? Did you know the bat that the symbols made from the gun used to kill his parents? Yes, chest. Is that, um, how do you know that? It was articles and confirmed. Yeah, Matt oh. Reeves has talked oh, about okay. it. Okay, that's or, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But it's a knife, so yeah. you turned a gun into a knife. I guess I, I kind of <laughs> felt like I, I was thinking in my head, yeah, did you really need to you know, pull that out to just cut through the whatever that was? It was just I mean, like a rope or something. Because later we see that he actually has ba- like a, a battering like toward the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like it yeah. is just to show us that it's a magnet essentially. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just to show us what it is. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, that's a little overkill. Like, to me, I just, I, I like it as an emblem. Or, you know, um, in No Way, not No Way Home, um, Homecoming, Spider-Man's emblem was a drone. Like, why couldn't, he's rich enough. He could have made that into a drone. And it'd be, look like, it would look like an actual bat, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I like it. I think it just kind of speaks to his, like, reser- resourcefulness. I guess. You know? that- and that's that's the one thing I like about this Batman is particularly um, Christopher Nolan's Batman. I felt like Bruce Wayne was reliant on his strength and his like technology, whereas yeah. this Batman was much more real and relied more on his investigative work. He was able to see and, and dissolve, dissolve puzzles and actually like go do the legwork, whereas Christopher Nolan's Batman just had a whole bunch of gadgets that he was able to to use. And this Batman obviously used gadgets, but I feel like he used them in a much more logical sense, a much more like grounded real sense yeah. than just like, I don't know, a giant sonar system that you can see the entire city. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think when he said thumb drive in that kind of, remember that part? Like, thumb <laughs> yeah. drive. Everyone in, our, in my theater laughed. I don't know if that was intentional for that type of reaction, but I, I, I kind of found it kind of funny as well, just the way he said it. It's like, thumb drive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. Um, it was he was solving the riddles, the riddler's puzzle. Oh, and he was saying like the USB, and they cut his thumb off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because the thumb was a thumb drive, wasn't it? Yeah, the thumb yeah. was the thumb drive. Oh, yeah. I, I do remember chuckling at that part. <laughs> yes, because it was kind of funny. You know, I'm, I'm sure there was some comedy in this movie. Like it wasn't none. It wasn't just a completely serious movie, but there wasn't as much as you know past, especially like George Clooney and. So what did you guys think about Zoe Kravitz and Catwoman? Do you think she was an important character and how vital was she in the, the overall movie and Batman's goal of trying to figure out who the Riddler is and make sure that <laughs> he doesn't destroy the city? Thoughts on Catwoman? I, I liked her. I thought she did great. Um, I think she was kind of an integral part of the film. I don't feel like it was honestly with me watching it. I felt like it that was just kind of I almost felt like it was a little bit of fan service for just male audience. Like she obviously had an important part in the film um, and she is a significant character. But I felt like how they 
used her character took me out of the film a little bit just how gratuitous it was i think there was like one scene where her friend had been kidnapped and she was going to suit up and go get her and batman's like peeping on her like a perv outside the window and they had her taking her clothes off in in a scene i don't think that was needed you know i don't think that was needed they they could have just had her be in the suit and be the character that she was and fulfill that role. I felt like she kind of filled filled in that male audience, like for the male gaze a lot, which I don't know. That was I was kind of disappointed in that. She did great. She did a wonderful job in her character. I was just kind of disappointed in, I guess, the production on how they how they decided to use her. I'm going to agree with you there as far as the production, how they decided to use her. Like, I don't think Catwoman is ever needed because I don't care for Catwoman at all. Even like in the games, there's times where you play as Catwoman. And and like in the older games, like the older games, when I say the older games, like Arkham games on the 360 and the PS3, Catwoman stuff was DLC, right? But in the newer ones, when they remastered Arkham Knight, or not Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham City is where you play as her. You have to play as her. Like, it's part of the game. And I'm just like, oh, great. Another Catwoman thing. <laughs> like, I have to play as Catwoman now. And so, I don't know. I've just never, ever, ever cared for Catwoman. So, what character would you have them put in her stead? Uh, I'd rather see Poison Ivy. That would okay. be a little. That would be a little too much with the Riddler and stuff. I think. But if they're but if they're gonna put a female character in there, it doesn't have to be like Catwoman. I mean, there's other female characters that that Batman has. And do you think Batman would have discovered that El Ratatata, whatever the code was, would end up? Do you think it would be as seamless to discover that Carmine Falcone was the kind of the guy behind everything? Well, did he help without- him? Without Catwoman, because yeah, she was she's the daughter. Yeah, but is that what made her him realize that he was the bad guy or whatever? It's because oh yeah, because they had that that conversation. They had that conversation. I mean, okay, I just I I guess it's more like I mean, she might have been fine and she probably might have been needed a little bit, but I just don't care for Catwoman. I never have. Like I, I guess it's just a thing. I'm just like, okay, here's Catwoman again. I, and like, and now I'm gonna associate this girl with Catwoman and how I didn't care for Catwoman. And unfortunately, and I know this means nothing to her or anybody else listening to this podcast. But like, when you have characters, characters I just don't care for, I don't care for the actors after that. So like, Oscar Isaac, first time I ever saw him was in Force Awakens as Poe Dameron, and I'm like, okay, don't care for Poe, and now I don't care for Oscar Isaac. And, like, he's playing Moon Knight, and I was like, could they not have found anybody else? So, and then... You didn't like him in Ex Machina either? Uh, he was okay. I liked the, the robot girl in Ex Machina a lot better. I love that movie. I just yeah. love this. I love this, the long moments of silence in that movie. No, that movie was good. And, I mean... He did okay in that movie. I just, you know, I just don't care for him. And I don't, and I don't care for Catwoman. Like, I don't know. Catwoman could have been out of this thing and I would have been okay with that. Well, I, I mean, guess, I guess they just, we'd like, have to see how, I mean, how that would affect the overall story. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. And we will never know, you know, it's like, yeah. she's always going to be in there. So whatever. And I think she's a better pick for a love interest than like Rachel Dawes. Like, oh well, yeah. Rachel Dawes. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't, cause do I mean, anything. like she was no offense. Like she was, she was a matchstick. She dated she like, wooden the entire time. She dated Harvey Dent. That was about it. Which one are we talking about? The Christopher Nolan. No, but like which she was played by Katie, Katie Holmes and then Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Either one. Okay, the character. But they're the, was, it's a character. Was, Jason Dawes. So if, if I, I'm going to have to have a love interest. I'm going to have to have a female character. Well, which I think is I do like, and I'd rather have Catwoman. I do like the, the dynamic. It's a more between, interesting relationship dynamic. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I like that. I like the dynamic between um, Cat 
Woman and Batman, they always have this weird attraction. Well, playful. Say, but it's always this playful, yeah, because cats are playful. Playful kind of sexual attraction towards each other, but, you know, she's not as, I don't want to say good as Batman, because Batman, yeah, he doesn't kill people, but he's crazy in other ways, so it's like... She's he's, more of an anti-hero. Yeah, she's, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, that's a good way to put it. She's more of an anti-hero than Batman, you know, so there's that interesting dynamic there, but I don't know. I just never cared for Catwoman as a character period i don't care who plays her how did you guys feel about paul dano as the riddler man that guy can act that guy can act dude he's the standout for sure i mean seriously i thought he did a great job as the riddler um and i don't know if you guys saw this but they did a side by side with jim carrey's riddler and paul dano's and jim carrey's wearing the same glasses in the original or not the original but batman forever he's where he wears the same glasses that paul dano does i don't know if they did that on purpose or not but i like the fact that he wore that suit with his glasses on over it I thought that was a really nice touch, like uh, for his costume, because you know the Riddler. We know him as like you know the Jim Carrey's the Riddler. You know wears that bandex suit question mark thing, and then the even in the '60s Batman show, he's the same way. And then you have um, the games where he wears like. In one, he wears like a just like a shirt and shorts with question marks on it, and then he wears like a like a this really sweet suit, and he has like a cane. And this one, he's got like head to toe jumpsuit on with glasses on over it. So I thought that was kind of a neat a, a neat take on the Riddler. I like the take on the Riddler and the fact that he was like an incel 4chan like internet troll. Yeah, <laughs> that was really nice. And, and he had his fit, own channel and all that stuff. It fit really well in the universe as well. Like it was very grounded. Mm-hmm. I could see. Like if Riddler was a real person in our real world, that's that, that's, that's who he would be. He would be a dude behind a computer screen who thinks he's the next anonymous doing right. just sick stuff and vlogging about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I thought it was a good take on the Riddler, like a really good take. Like, and not only that, but Paul Dano, man, like I just said, he he can like that's the first time I saw him was in the Master. No, not in the Master. Um, there will be blood. Yep, and he did a great job in that movie. And then I saw him in Little Miss Sunshine. I don't know if y'all have seen Little Miss Sunshine, but he yes. plays. He's in that movie and he's he does a great job in that and he's just like he's silent for half of it you know because he takes that vow to to be silent for however long i think the scene that captured my attention with paul dano was his realization from batman in arkham hospital uh, that his plans actually not going the way he thought it would be he's like no 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 and batman's just you know rubbing more salt on the wound and just that entire no reaction um and how it kind of unravels and his facial expressions is kind of just let's let's talk about his his manic state is is astonishing even though like it didn't go the way he intended he kind of won right i mean yeah his bombs went off yeah so that part worked i kind of kind of lost not interest but i was like oh, okay the the carpet and the plan uh, okay he suddenly just wants to you know be this uh i guess icon of terror i i, I don't know I, I i could have done without the whole you know flooding of gotham I, that come out came out of the blue in a way for me um, I agree. I agree. Uh, it just the third act wasn't very powerful, in my opinion. I will say, and I talked to one of my students about this, and she she had saw the Batman, and she was like, "It was so good," and we were talking about it, and she she liked that, you know, kind of saying this, we liked that it was a detective movie, but then she thought that the Riddler's plan was kind of neat and all this stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, I did like how it was, you know, the first most of the movie was Detective Batman, and then we got to see this actiony Batman, and I like where he's, you know, like these big." expensive sets and shots and stuff like that i thought i mean yeah i don't 
I do agree that for the Riddler, that was kind of a weird thing to do where it was set up all the bombs and flood Gotham. Like, it, I don't know. It just, I, I would have liked to have seen Batman go down in a different way from the Riddler, a little more intricate and a little more intelligent as opposed to, yeah. I, I, I planted bombs all over Gotham. I'm going to flood Gotham. Yeah. Kind of yeah, thing. I wish but, the ending was a little bit more personal, like more grounded, like, like the rest of the film. The yeah. whole film has him going, you know, piece by piece, person by person, and it focuses very intimately on mm-hmm. how he deals with each individual person. And in the end of the film, Ritter's like, "Oh, I'm a terrorist," and that that was the one part that almost took me back to uh, the Dark Knight Rises with Bane, and it kind of had that bombastic, like, kind of like huge i don't know almost fantastical element to it as opposed to the grounded kind of like personal view that we had seen the entire time so far it wasn't horrible by any means it was was, was interesting to see that he had henchmen masked up like him oh yeah i thought that was really cool how they had those followers and they showed up like he wanted them to i did think that was neat um and then I, I did like the the fact that we got to see Batman fight a little bit, you know, because yeah, I mean he did fight throughout the movie, but this time he kind of had to he kind of had to watch his back and fight and continuously fight for a while. What do you think that stuff that he injected himself with was? I think it might be potentially like. Uh, that or I've seen people say maybe it's like the stuff that maybe a future Bane might use to oh bring I him hope into it's not. a rage. I'm okay. I, know, I hope it's not. You know, I felt like this was does adrenaline Batman. do that to you? I mean, make you all of a sudden powerful I think and it strong. Wasn't, <laughs> I think it was adrenaline. Yeah, he probably, I think he probably just had a shot of adrenaline. The movie it was green. If the movies <laughs> like followed the grounded nature of the rest of the world, largely for the most part, I feel like all the scenarios given could potentially happen in real world there's the incel guy there's if a if elon musk decided to like he could be batman but i feel like it was very real and it dealt with real things and it wasn't like they tr- tried as close as they could to be real and not go into fantasy and magic yeah. and you know the stuff that is usually in the comics they try to make it one-to-one i feel like and so following that I would hope that it's just pure adrenaline and yeah. not like super juice. Well, yeah, but as you said, the fantastical element probably had to happen somewhere in the movie. And it was, I think, toward the end with the the grand plan of flooding the city and I mean that was the, the most chaos toward the, end. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of annoyed by the the with the mayor elect. I'm just gonna go out there and uh you know defy the whatever the the, the danger that's stuff, happening yeah. and then, oh I got shot. <laughs> Like, okay, we knew that was going to happen. Somehow she's not wounded because we see her later get rescued by uh, Batman and the entire beautiful uh, scene with the flare. And he's like, that's like one of probably one of the first moments that I think really connected for me to show that Batman has really hasn't established the trust of Gothamites. But then that one, I think it was a kid or something comes out first and and then everyone starts following and then they are all trailing behind Batman as they're kind of going through the water. That was I love the, sh- the cinematography of that old bit I mean, along this, with the music. This film was very much an origin story. And I think it was an origin story of how Batman became a symbol of hope. Like you said, uh, it's the origin of how he became a symbol of hope and not just a weapon of vengeance. Because the, the whole motif throughout the film was people who would ask who he is. And he says, I'm vengeance. Yeah. And I don't feel like he actually became the Batman until the end of the film when he was actually putting the vengeance aside and seeking to better the the people that he needed to save. Remember, there's in the opening monologue, he, he says he's got to be not, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he can't be, ev- be everywhere. 
but he's kind of selective in the crimes that, that he a, tackles. I thought that was a, a good a good thing to say because he's right. And we never he never addresses that ever, ever. Not Robert Pattinson's Batman, but any Batman never says, I can't be in two places at once. That's the first time I ever heard a Batman say that or any yeah. superhero because they all try to be in 18 places at once and they just can't. Not even Superman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just can't be in like there's so many crimes going on at the same time. There's just no way. And so I thought it was nice that the writers addressed that. Like I have to be selective. I can't believe two places at once kind of thing. I thought that was a neat addition. The subway yeah. scene was kind of reminding me just the aesthetic kind of of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker just something about the the interior and the exterior of the the subway kind of it, it brought back some flashbacks of jokers just yeah from an I, aesthetic I, standpoint i would love to see those two in a movie together but it's not going to happen it would be interesting to see because you know the joker joaquin phoenix is significantly older than robert pattinson i think that age gap is just fine with just the batman and joker in general because the joker's older way older than the batman isn't well, i think it, joaquin phoenix's joker he looks like a lot older because he's like frail and you know it's yeah. like he hasn't eaten a sandwich in many days but yeah i think it's supposed to be like in his late 30s at least and as you said yeah the joker's always been considerably older than the batman but and obviously we'll probably talk about it but this one's um seems to be on the younger side yeah i'm curious what you guys think i couldn't help but wonder when i was driving home or trying to place like okay if the riddler is like this incel keyboard warrior you know when when the joker had keyboard warrior <laughs> yeah when the joker had his like kind of little debut at the very end of the movie his little tease i couldn't help but think of like okay what's this guy's story because if they made the riddler's character as grounded as he was i kind of want the other characters to be as grounded as well so i'm thinking what would happen or or what's the backstory for this joker to exist in this batman's world Right. And still be like realistic. Well, did you see the deleted scene? Yeah, I saw the deleted scene. I thought the way he looked was more realistic than because, you know, you don't really get to know him in that scene at all. But the way he looked, I thought was more realistic than, you know, most Jokers. Reeves you confirms think? he's disfigured. He's born disfigured. There's no acid scene. Okay. Oh. It, it's, so that, that I, I thought that initially. Question. But yeah, I did too. In interviews, he said that, yeah, that it's, it's no ace chemicals falling <laughs> into a vat of acid. Acid. So it's got, he's kind of kind of got the uh, like hunchback and Notre Dame thing going on. Yeah, yeah. But then again, hunchback. I think I think it kind of fools a lot of people. I mean, the people that know kind of the traditional origin story of Joker of him falling to acid and such. If I mean, you see his like he's bald all over, like patches of hair. I mean, I yeah. don't think maybe maybe he was gotten to some major accidents of some sort. Not I don't know what the condition that he has. To, I mean, you saw this how scarred up his face is. And it looked like that. he was burned. I mean, Burn, they did yeah, look yeah, like yeah. acid scars. It looked like he had like, even his hands. boiling water thrown on him. Yeah, his yeah, you see his hands. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, his hands looked like that too. I was like, man. But I thought he did. A, I thought he was a good, a good looking, good sounding Joker. I just Barry Coon, Barry, Barry. Yeah, if they use he's an him, Irish actor. Yeah, if they use him in the future, I just hope they do something about hair, like make him wear a yeah. wig or get hair plugs or something like. Just just because the Joker's always had hair and not only hair, but it's always green hair. And how how weird would it look it if he's green. got a bunch of bald spots in it, though? I think it just I think this is the one of the more disturbing. Looking yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Like but... it's very it's kind of almost off putting in a way. It's grotesque. Yeah, it's grotesque. Um, I mean, Heath Ledger's was, I think, uh, up there with the, yeah. the creepiness, but the, the 
knife scar yeah. face and everything but i think whatever the backstory of this joker is it's it's definitely tr trauma filled one well, <laughs> but, um so y'all have anything else you want to say about the actual movie yeah yeah i want to go back to the joker though um okay i think it. i think the i'll i'll, I'll eventually go back to joker but i think the the music the, the oh, theme thank you thank you um, yes. it is very kind of a, a simple darth vader-esque type i agree of, set of notes and it's yeah, yeah. memorable yeah i uh, it reminded me of a funeral dirge dirge that's the first thing that's the first thing i heard like oh he's this is a funeral march yeah i liked it too though even if it sounded like a funeral dirge whatever that is and then some of the music kind of reminded me of the animated batman animated series well um, i think it i'd read something that did, they drew, especially at the end they, mm -hmm. th that matt reeves or whoever drew from the animated series like got a little bit of inspiration from the animated series is what I read. Um, yeah. And then they just released um, a vinyl of the Batman music and I snatched up immediately. And then, so they released like a, um, I forgot what it's supposed, but it's like a, what a, a colored vinyl and a black vinyl and the colored vinyl sold in like four minutes. Like I was able to get a copy, but man, it sold out like hotcakes, dude. Have you been listening to it? I haven't got it yet. It doesn't even oh. ship until August. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pre-order there we yeah, go it's a super pre-order i pre-ordered it way in advance but that was the only time like it was gonna drop on this day and i had to be ready i went in there and, and i even had to like one of my students needed to talk to me and i was like you gotta wait i was like i gotta do this <laughs> and, and they did and I, it was like my it was like my planning period or fit, during fifth period or something and they came in there like hey Mr. Stranger, and then I was like, okay, but hang on just a second. I have to do this thing. And I told him what I was doing. I was like, there's a vinyl on sale, and it drops in. What do they say? They were like, they just kind of laugh. Oh. I was like, yeah, sorry. What's vinyl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what? Yeah, my students are high schoolers, so yeah, that's true. They probably. Would. I think I just said I have to buy this thing online or something like that. And so I was like, but it drops at a certain time. Conspiracy. So, um, but yeah, I had to, I had to hold up one of my students just so I could buy it. But I got it, man. I was pretty. And then my friend who also got the the same vinyl as me, we kind of purchased it the same time. He got, he texted me. He's like, hey, are you? Did you get an email about them canceling your order? And I was like, no. And I was like, did you? And he was like, no. He's like, but apparently some people, they've been canceling their order because they over, I guess they let too many people purchase it or something like that. Man, I'm, why can't they just make more? Like, if they're not going to even make until August. That's what I'm saying. Like, just if make more. If they're pre-ordering, then get all the orders, make those, and then ship them in August. Like, I don't understand yeah. the, what's so difficult about it, but apparently... Apparently they over let people buy them and they started canceling orders. And so that like, would suck. Like, thank God. Was, I was it confirmed that Bruce Wayne's father had no idea that Falcone would shoot and kill that journalist to yeah. cover up the, I don't, I don't know, but it, was, it, it seems like it's, I mean, they, certainly Thomas Wayne knew Falcone's history and maybe he's yeah. that naive of what kind of well, person he really I was. I think it, I don't think it was confirmed, but I think that he knew it wasn't just going to be like, hey, stop doing this. You know, like he had to have, like you said, he, he knows Some more in his Falcon's mind. He had to history. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, you know what? I'll just act like I don't know anything and he's going to do what he's going to do. Blah, 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 blah. How do you think the Riddler found all that information? I mean, I probably just investigated, right? He's not an idiot. He's, he's Google. Yeah. He might, he <laughs> might have. have. Remember yeah. that little montage on like the news channel, like where he's basically talking about his discoveries of the, the Wayne family and he makes the, he connects the dots. Yeah, it's very possible he used Google or he he yeah. used Google with a mixture of public need a deleted records scene. and all this. We need stuff. another deleted scene on that bit. <laughs> I want a Riddler montage. Gosh, dang it! Yes. I, need to, I need to know everything. I want to know what Riddler eats. 
I wonder what he eats. He probably like, like drinks Huel. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he drinks a bunch of Red Bull. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking. I see like him Red drinking Bull Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, I do see him. Yeah, well, maybe not hot Cheetos, but that would be funny. <laughs> Bruce Wayne Just, eats grapes or whatever he was snacking on. Yeah, and the Riddler drinks Red, <laughs> Red Bull and hot Cheetos. I like Ooh. the bit where he puts on the glasses. Bruce Wayne puts on the like what what maybe Ray Bans or something. It's just like because he's so used to being active at night. Yeah, and then the light like has. Probably, Ads are blind type yeah, of thing. Yeah, because he's in, he's inside, isn't he? When he puts yeah. his on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to see this movie again. I, I I've been saying that, but I still have yet to see it twice, and I really want to see it in theaters again. Maybe not in IMAX, but the IMAX Regular. was cool. It was oh, cool yeah. to see it in IMAX, and I was sitting right in the center, man. It was awesome, and like there were no there were no previews, so like. When I sat down, I maybe had a few minutes before the movie started, and I sat down, I got everything situated, and then the lights went down, and this all over the screen, boom, the Batman, like no previews or, or anything. I was like, that is awesome. And just you, you and I, we went to the, obviously different theaters, different states, but we went to the IMAX exclusive showing that was the on a Tuesday, showing. early yeah. showing. You got there kind of at the, the tail end, like when the movie is about to start, but yeah. where the the people, the listeners out there, it was like one of the most unique experiences ever. So I'm sitting in the theater, massive screen in front of me, and there's like this interactive screen, uh, multiple like slideshows of like Batman Q and A's, like quizzing the audience on, hey, oh, who's Batman's prominent nemesis? Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and, and it's like, and there's like in the top right, there's a countdown to when the movie is going to begin, and and there's all this music happening. It was just like pretty interactive. Uh, I yeah. thought, and no previews, as you said, as probably one of the most. Well, that's yeah, that's probably just ever. like the theater doing that. Like a lot of theaters will do stuff like that, where they have these small, short quizzes and stuff. Yeah, interactive things you can do while before the movie. Like now, they got to a point where you can log into an app on your phone and play a game together, and then the scores end up on the screen, kind yeah. of thing. It's um, pretty cool. This one also had like a QR code. You could bring up, you bring your phone up to the screen, and you get to see like inside the back cave and all that i didn't do any of that stuff because i was trying to hold on to my comic and make sure it wasn't ruined yeah excellent. Uh, oh yeah we all we all got comics uh, it's w- w- what's the long halloween long, or long halloween or, but with with the, yeah the long halloween but with the the batman actors essentially yeah so it, it or or let me i wouldn't say the actors it they look like they're they're from the original comic but you know it's the bat suit it's the catwoman suit and it's the riddler suit from the the Matt Reeves. So, so it's like he, a it's like a DLC for comics. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks pretty cool. I, yeah. I think I didn't read it when I realized it was the Long Halloween. I was like, I'm not reading this. Like, I thought it was an original comic. Maybe it has to do with the Batman, but nope. They just reskinned it essentially. All right. What so, would you like to What would you like to see in a sequel? I mean, that gummit, where, where, Zach, where go I was here? just about to ask that question. I was literally about to ask that question. I was going to ask, ask the question. I was going to. Well, I was going to ask specifically, like, what villains would you like to see in the sequel? Besides the Joker. I would say I don't want to see the Joker. I hope the best, I hope the next movie, I hope the main villain isn't the Joker. Like, I don't think he will be. It's an intriguing character. The character design is great, but I don't want to see him. We've had the Joker over so and much over media and already. over and over and over. Villain. Yeah. Well, I, w- I think I, I would like to see Calendar Man in there. Calendar Man. Um, and if you, if we had to think of like a, maybe a, a bigger villain, maybe Two-Face. Um, Cause he's I'm been tired in- of Two-Face as well. <laughs> Tired of I Harvey thought, Dent. I, I'm just trying to think. Movie, I thought the Joker was Two Face for yeah. for a hot second. That's what I thought. That that's who I thought that was. I was asking my wife, like, is that 
I can't see again. Kind of, it was difficult to see sometimes. Well, um, he even says like glass. You do something or whatever, and they call you a joker. And I was like, oh, that's a joker, a, a yeah. clown or something. Oh but yeah, no, that, that's what they said. It, they call you a clown. When I initially saw him, I was trying to like figure out whether or not that was Two Face, because that would be interesting as the next villain. And I know yeah. he's he's been in it already. He's already been in Batman films already, but not as the main villain yeah I, I would like to see some more obscure like like i said calendar man or professor pig um but professor pig pig isn't really that like he's interesting because he's a weird guy that wears a pig mask but that's about it i think just like a, maybe as a smaller villain role as a i don't i don't really know as a bigger like i don't want to see bane again i mean two-face might be okay uh joker i'm cool with joker not being in there again um who else have we seen scarecrow i'd like to see scarecrow but of a, a more not this you know just putting a burlap sack over his head and spraying some gas at you i think that'd be cool if if they they did something neat with scarecrow that'd be cool if they made him like um like a serial killer or something you know he would go and he would actually like freak out his victims for the night and then kill them like right before sunup or something like that something Mm -hmm. that's like very personal and realistic i think or i I think crane I'd like to see, um, like, Mr. Freeze. Oh, dang maybe, it, Jake. I forgot about maybe, him. But maybe, you know, instead oh. of being Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's like, um, you know, I was talking with, with my wife. Maybe he's just like uh, like a nurse at the hospital or something. And, like, yeah. they're working with cryogenics or something like that. And his, like, his department loses funding or something like that, you know? Like, something more more grounded. Like, what if Mr. Freeze was a character... Yeah, but he's got a good story anyway. I know, but I'm just like, if we're if we're making it quote unquote realistic for this grounded Batman, I oh, mean, yeah. he wouldn't yeah. have an ice gun. He wouldn't be in this mech suit. He would be like a dude. Maybe it happens in the middle of winter or something. Maybe, like, maybe Batman does something on accident to shut down the hospital where his his exactly. wife is on her deathbed and she ends up dying because of Batman's uh negligence oh, yes man I, I totally i i knew like in my head i was like there is another character i've been saying i want to see and i forgot who it was and it was freaking mr freeze and i do think he would make Victor a great freeze if they if they did something interesting with him like I, i'm okay with the mech suit kind of if it's uh, a little more realistic not like it's hard to realize it's hard to visualize any suit in this universe but i'm, I'm sure that they could pull it off Oh, that's yeah, what I'm sure. saying. Like even Bane, I'm like, what? Who would Bane be? Would he just be like a roided was... up like meathead, or he just be like this dude that's working <laughs> well, out? I thought he was pretty grounded in the the Nolan trilogy. I thought he looked well, good. He had it's the, like this he had, like, philosophical. The mask, yeah, the mask was cool. I liked the mask. It was cool, but I'm saying it was still kind of like fantastical. Mm, I don't know about that. Like it had, but, it I mean, had fantasy and sci-fi elements, and I feel like the... this Batman is less grounded in sci-fi and more grounded in like real life detective work and things like that. So what would a real person in our world feel that role? How would a real person fill his role mm-hmm. in the world that we live in right now? Which is, I feel like that universe is trying to emulate. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I guess it'd be interesting to see whatever they decide. It'll be a, there's a lot of, a lot more grounded villains that they could go with or storylines like the hush comic oh, book yeah, storyline. Hush would be cool. It's a lot more like crime, gang type uh, activity, mob which mob boss. I like that type of stuff. And I just worry that 
a sequel of the Batman would stray away from what made the first one so good, which was the detective work and that relationship yeah. with, who's, I assume he's going to be Commissioner Gordon in the next film mm-hmm. since the commissioner died in this one. He was killed by the Riddler. But yeah. I, I just, I hope they keep that detective aspect because that's what I love the most about the movie. I, All right, I just realized something I would love if the Joker is a prominent feature in the next film, if they made him into like a Hannibal Lecter type character where he seems to be, he has to keep going to him for information and he like pulls the strings from behind his cell. That would be really cool. That would be interesting. I'd be okay with that. Like, and that's what I was thinking. Like, and I'd, it, I, it wasn't as fleshed out as what you were saying, but I was like, I would be okay with the Joker being there at, if he was kind of like what he was in this one, where he's just in Arkham the whole time. But you know, he has to keep, like you said, has to keep relying on the Joker to, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd and, be neat. and maybe the third film has Joker, or maybe he, he, and maybe the third film ends with him kind of becoming that crap, that kind of the clown prince of crime, and we just don't get to see him uh, flourish. You know. I think, I think that's fine with me. I mean, but the Hannibal Lecter type of role yeah. is kind of what I would prefer. I, I'd be one. down for that. The voice so, is great. The costume or the makeup is fantastic. His laugh putting And you can see laugh. Batman was very kind of unsettled. Yeah. Well, yeah. With, with uh, interacting with uh, Joker compared if, to Riddler. I wonder if Matt Reeves told them like, oh, this is going to be a deleted scene or if he was like, just didn't say anything. Uh, I was reading some interviews and Matt Reeves was originally thinking about including this scene, but then he talked about how it might, uh, you know, uh, pacing issues for one and then it would kind of uh, detract and lessen the impact of that scene between Riddler and, and Joker. Um, so there's, there's lots of reasons, but he ultimately decided to take it out yeah i i think it was a great idea making it deleted scene um i'm also kind of steal the the spotlight people are like oh i'm just thinking about the joker for the rest of the movie yeah yeah like this this villain's obviously i think he's more terrorizing and a better villain than riddler so people may be "Uh, who cares about riddler now i don't care what happens yeah flood the city whatever get the joker out here Yes. Yeah, I agree. But if he kept, well, I, I don't know. I think Warner Brothers might be like to Reeves. Like, well, man, you got to put the we, Joker in there. You got to put he him need, in there. He needs to play a more prominent role. You can't just Kinda be like behind what the they, scenes. Sam Raimi and Spider Man 3, they're like, hey, man, you got to put Venom in there. He didn't even want Venom in there. Yeah, I'm just hoping if they do, if they have to put Joker in front of the screen. Well, I think it could be a cool for the third movie. Be, yeah. And that's kind of where, where Batman realizes, you know, I'm never kind of going to get rid of this guy. This guy's going to be in my life for yes. the rest of my career because and as people say i mean batman and joker they, they're a must they, yeah yeah they can't live without each other it's yeah crazy crazy thing about a, that. they have a, a weird not flirtatious but and there's one that deleted scene he's saying joker says oh i'm going a little going something about a little soft aren't you or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. <laughs> i kind of laughed at that bit yeah uh, uh, yeah that was cool do oh, you have any final thoughts about uh the Batman? Great film. I'm looking forward to the sequel whenever that may be. I'm looking forward to it coming out on uh, home release, physical. Blu-ray, steelbook yeah. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for that to happen. And then that vinyl to come in. I'm so excited. So, all right, well, do you have anything else, Jake? You want to No, I was just going to say it's very grounded. I like the angle they took from it. Yeah. Great cinematography. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the whole movie just in general, it's just everything about it, music, cinematography, dialogue, uh, character development, that kind of stuff was great. We didn't really talk about Jim Gordon or anything, but that's okay. We know who he is. All right, cool. Well, that was uh 
another episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. If you liked it, you can reach us at the Fantastic Mr. Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, what else? Facebook, all those name brand social, social media apps. Yeah. OnlyFans <laughs> in the making. <laughs> we have, yeah, let's get an OnlyFans. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, if you guys have any ideas of anything you want us to talk about, please please hit us up. If there is stuff you liked or didn't like, please hit us up. We would love to hear from you. Right, guys? That's it. Totally. Yeah. See, they 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 say what I like to say. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, we will see you guys uh, next week then, right, guys? That's right. Uh-huh. We did it again. All right, see you guys.